0: Welcome to Women in the Arena podcast, the podcast celebrating women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. I'm your host, Audra Egan, and our mission is to elevate the value, strength, and resilience each woman brings to the world. Without further delay, let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome to season three of Women in the Arena podcast. I'm your host, Audra Agan, and thank you so much for being part of this community that celebrates women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. We are celebrating yet another magnificent woman today. So let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me today. I am joined once again by a remarkable, incredible woman. Today, I am joined by Chelsea Tanner, who is an extremely talented musician and a life coach. And for all of you Longhorn fans out there, she has her doctorate from the University of Texas at Austin. Her doctorate is in musical arts and flute performance. She also was a professor at Penn State, as well as SUNY Potsdam. She is the founder of the Winning Mindset Academy, and she is here to discuss with us today about having a positive mindset. It is my pleasure and my honor to introduce to you Chelsea Tanner. Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us today, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here.
0: You are a professional musician, so that comes with a lot of rejection already built in, no matter how talented you are, and, and I'm sure that that took a toll on you as you were bec- being a performing musician and going into auditions. Um, tell us what's that, what that is like.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that um, is the hardest thing about being a classical musician is uh, the job market is obviously not thriving, right? <laughs> um, it is is very uh, difficult in, in terms of numbers to get a job in uh, an orchestra. So there are probably, usually in a non-COVID world, about 10 auditions a year for a flute position, 10 to 15 maybe. Um, and you're competing against every flutist of any age all across the country. Sometimes they hear hundred people in one day and you travel thousands of miles to play sometimes for five minutes and they stop you and say, thank you. And then you have to go wait to hear if your number is called or not, you know? Um, and sometimes it's not. <laughs> and yeah, it can take a really, really big toll because you do that so many times and it's really, what we make it mean as musicians and professionals about ourselves that either we keep going or we feel like giving up.
0: You know, I think that there's a lot of us that do that, not just you being a musician, but there are a lot of us that basically hang our our, our esteem on our profession, which a lot of the times they should be separate. You shouldn't necessarily put your identity and your esteem based on your job. But mm-hmm. as a as a performer, that's exactly what you're doing because you're literally giving a piece of yourself away. So I'm guessing because you've had this, this experience of auditioning and sometimes it going your way and sometimes it not, that may have led you to starting this Mindset Academy. What's driving that change for you to readjust your mindset?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So when I would go out to auditions, I would really just hope I was good enough and, you know, not decide and get a bunch of feedback and then try to, you know, do the best that I could without really developing my own opinion of myself or my playing. And that was making it very hard. (laughs) I think not only for me to be successful long-term, but also in terms of belief in myself and what I could do, I think that is sort of something I hadn't explored fully being in school for so long. It also made me realize how important it is. And just going through a, a lot of different job rejection and things like that, its sort of what's actually going to sustain me and what does it mean to have real confidence and not fake it till you make it shortcut. You know, we all hear that all the time. But what does it mean to present something to a committee, meaning an audition, you know, and really love the product that you're producing and not just waiting for them to tell you it's good. And that's something I think I missed for a long time. And, you know, we don't stress the importance of that. Uh, you know, I I think enough in education, really believing in your own work. So that's what made me shift. And it's been such an empowering thing for myself, but also to see in so many of my students.
0: You know, you said a couple of things that just I, I wrote down as you were speaking, one of which was external versus internal validations. And then you went to clarify that and say that first you need to believe in your heart that the product that you're producing, whatever it may be, is good and not rely on that external validation to tell you whether it is or isn't. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that just triggered something in me. I thought, oh, my goodness, how many times have I done that? How many times have I thought, well, I'm going to wait until I understand what they think and hear what they think. And then if they think it's good, then I must be good. Or if they think it's bad, then I must be bad. But that is a terrible tug of war because that really takes a toll on your psyche. What happened that you went, I need to change this?
1: Uh, (laughs) I think it was through both really finding life coaching and the tools that life coaching teaches, which is how our thoughts create our feelings, which drive our actions, and then create the results that we have. And so much of the time we look at the result or the actions or something to do with that. But really all of this is created by the thoughts we're, we're thinking initially. So really having that perspective of how our thoughts really create everything that we're doing um, was the, the launch point in for me to put words to it and to be able to incorporate it into my teaching there, I, don't, I don't know if there was like a, a single point in my, my music career. It was just a lot of reading and, and researching and, and, um, and really wanting to just feel better. I think yeah. I sort of run myself into the ground a little bit. Um, and I wanted to know also, you know, there's a, a lot of young people who do very well in auditions. They're decisive and they believe in what they're doing. You know, they believe in themselves, whether that be just going for it and really believing that they had something to offer, that whether the orchestra liked them or not, it just, you know, they were just waiting for their fit, you know, and and I didn't, I didn't have that. I would sort of try to fit whatever mold anyone wanted me to be in. And in trying to do that, it was probably a lot more vague sounding or um, it wasn't e- e- extraordinarily convincing. So I, I was really thinking about that a lot. Um, and so that sort of factored into it.
0: Again, you're saying some things that uh, I think are really relevant. I think that there are many people, not just women, that are hearing this going, oh, that sounds a little bit familiar. You didn't have a clear voice because you didn't understand your, your intrinsic value. And some of these, some of these younger students and these younger musicians were coming up behind you that they had identified what their strength was and put it out there because that was their brand. I admire quite a bit of the, of this younger millennial generation, the, the Gen Zs. I admire their confidence. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it comes from, but it's something that I'm trying to learn from them because they just have this natural confidence to them. They don't really second guess themselves. You went about this in a scientific way. And the first thing that you came across was thoughts create feelings, which then become actions. Mm -hmm. So to boil boil that all down, I think what you're saying initially is thoughts become things. Absolutely. Tell me what that meant to you initially when you first went, oh, my goodness, My thoughts become reality.
1: Yeah. In the first way, it it helped me understand where my mindset was currently, right? Like if we look at, you know, I kind of looked at all the results in my life and it's like, okay, well, if this is the way I'm thinking and these are the results that I'm getting, that's very telling, right? We can kind of map it back from there. But one thing that I think so many people slash musicians slash anyone really uh, one thing I, I mean, I internalized somehow, some way is like the notion that I wasn't good enough, right? And re- mm-hmm. being able to uncover that that was kind of the seed. That affected so many other things because that thought will make me feel inadequate, you know, and and uh, and a bunch of other not so great feelings, which drives usually inaction and avoidance because I don't want to feel inadequate. So if I don't, if I if I give up before I, I start, then I, I don't actually have to come face to face with it, right? If I hold that belief, right, and I and I did for a long time. If I held that belief and then went. To an audition I was sort of expecting the committee to believe in me more than I believed in me I think that that was a huge realization where then if they didn't choose me I sort of just proved myself right and it kind of became this cycle <laughs> and so I, I from there it was really changing that belief and practicing new thoughts about myself where my life really changed pretty dramatically that's
0: like I said, you're saying things that, that I think are are really important, and I don't want to repeat what I heard, which was you were going to auditions, you were going to the committees, and you were expecting the committee to believe in you mm-hmm. before more than you believed in yourself. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How many <laughs> of us are are completely guilty of that, that they're expecting the people outside of ourselves to believe in us more than we believe in us? And I'm thinking that that was probably a game changer. Once you figured out that you were placing your validation in the wrong place,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that probably helped you change your complete outlook on, on your thoughts and where you get your your confidence and your esteem. And it sounds like this made such a profound effect on you that you decided that you were going to study it and start being a coach, not Mm -hmm. only for your musical students, but for others that weren't necessarily uh, performers. So how did that journey go from an an opportunity for growth and enlightenment for you and shifted it to, I'm going to take these teachings that I have learned, and I'm going to teach other other people these same things?
1: That's a great question. Well, For me, if I discover anything, I just I have to tell everybody. Like I'm such a and I was a professor when I was, you know, going through all of these things, which seems hilarious because it's, you know, professors are supposed to be got it all together, you know. Um, but I, I think it's really important because so many of my students, I could just see it. And when I had the clarity of, oh, their thoughts are creating their results, well, I don't think that they can action their way out of this. I don't think they can practice so much to, to make themselves believe. They can just decide to believe that they can play this piece, that they can play their recital well, or, you know, whatever it might be. So really, the teaching has always been part of my, I think, I've, I've been doing it as long as I've been in school. And I kind of think it's in my DNA. But uh, it's something I love so much. Whenever I discover something, I'm like, how can I apply it? Um, both when I'm teaching and in my own life, the transition happened pretty naturally. <laughs> um, when we all went online for COVID, I offered, you know, some mindset uh, group coaching for um, my flute students, it, totally optionally. And um, because, you know, instead of having this camaraderie of music school, they had their bedrooms. <laughs> and I know it was so hard for them. So that was sort of my, my launching point was through teaching I have to say it—it it is totally a game changer when you incorporate the mental side because that's really the root of all of it.
0: <laughs> so you are incorporating mental coaching, mental teaching on how to decide and have a positive mindset, along with the musical instruction, and and you uh, are communicating that it's a game changer. So what have you seen as results and as actions for your students, even though you can't physically see them? They're all on <laughs> on some sort of video classroom. What has it done? How has it changed your students, first of all, and then how has it changed you?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So it's I think a lot of what has changed in my students has to do with a lot of performance anxiety. Sometimes when we have a When we're anxious performers, we're going to think, oh, well, I shouldn't be nervous. Oh, I'm just going to get nervous anyway. And there's a lot of spinning thoughts that go in our mind. And in the moment of performance, I think it's so important to acknowledge our thoughts because they create our feelings. And our feelings, our emotions, are our vibrations in our body, our physicality changes, whether we're embarrassed and our cheeks get red or whether we feel anxious and our chest tightens. And all of that physicality really affects flute playing. So so literally, um, our thoughts sort of create a different atmosphere for us and physical experience for us. So that was one component of it. Um, the other one was, you know, just letting them know that you can just decide to believe in yourself. You don't have to prove it to yourself. And I am here to tell you that you can't. <laughs> you can't. You cannot work your thoughts. <laughs> Um, I've tried it. Uh, and, <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that was something so powerful that it's not only an option, it's our responsibility to ourselves mm-hmm. to really give ourselves the authority to make our opinion the most relevant and important to us in our lives. And I think that that's that's a huge one because when people are in school or studying music or whatever it is, you know, we always feel like, oh, we just got all these boxes to check off. We have all these things to do. We feel like we don't have any authority or control over any of it. And really giving that back into our just mentally giving us the authority, powering ourselves by saying, like, I'm choosing to do this and prioritizing being deliberate and really Choosing these things, and instead of saying like, "Oh, I have to learn this, or I have to study this, or I have to do this or that," that's also been a, a really big one to I, that I've seen be so effective in changing my students' mentality.
0: So, walk us through an exercise because many of us myself included I hear yeah I could could totally see how changing my mindset will change the outcome it mm-hmm. certainly will change how i feel about the outcome mm-hmm. but some some people may be thinking that's easier said than done these are these are habits that have been formed over years over years over years how do we change our mindset how do we accept responsibility authority over our own thoughts. So walk us through a, a, a basic exercise on how we can teach ourselves to shift to the positive.
1: Absolutely. I think the first step is to just observe. And I think so many people just believe their own thoughts all the time. The first thing I wanna say is you don't have to believe your own thoughts all the time. And our brain is a creature of habit. It works in a way that's based in evolution, not in being on Zoom for 24-7, right? So we have so many habits in terms of thoughts that we're really used to thinking. And if we've thought a thought a lot before, our brain's going to throw that thought at us a lot of the time. So I think one of the first things is to just observe how you speak to yourself, the thoughts that you're having in any capacity in whatever you're doing. I'm always observing my thoughts and how I'm reacting to things now and it's it's really interesting. So there's you know there's that moment of reaction where your brain throws you a thought where it's like, "Oh, you couldn't do that." You know, and I'm like, "Oh, wait. Do I want to believe that?" You know, or or can I just say like that's kind of a that's an old that's an old habit and I throw that one aside. <laughs> um so that's the first thing I really like to do. Um, and a lot of that comes through journaling as well. I'm an avid journaler. I think it's important to sort of get the, the sentences in your mind out on paper so you can just look at them kind of in an objective way. One exercise I love to do is to do sort of like a what I call a thought download, where I just get all my thoughts out on paper if I'm having a hard time with something, and then I read it as if it were a, a stranger right? I just wrote this down and you're like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense that they're feeling so anxious that these are all their thoughts, you know, and I can kind of have more compassion and create space around the thoughts that I do have. So that's one exercise I like to do. Another one that I like is really breaking down what is the circumstance in this situation and what are my thoughts about it and the differentiation between those. So circumstances in the world are neutral. And if I do a rejection sort of example, meaning so if it's a circumstance that they didn't choose me, let's say in an audition, I didn't win and they didn't choose me. That's a neutral circumstance. That's not good inherently. That's not bad inherently until we have a thought about it. So I think that it's really helpful to take ownership of the thoughts that we have and just to see the neutral circumstances from there, you know, what, what feeling is that thought creating, you know, what one word emotion can I, can I link to that thought? And, and when I feel that, what sort of action do I take from there? You know, if I, if I thought, oh my gosh, this means I should probably quit. I'm probably going to feel inadequate, pretty bad. And then from there, I probably won't practice very much. <laughs> I'll probably rethink everything. Google new careers, which I used to do, and um, (laughs) and you know the result would be oh, just reinforcing. I'm not working, and I'm just trying to do other things. It's sort of reinforcing that original thought, and we have a way of proving ourselves right. So I like to do, you know, go through the circumstance, thought, feeling, actions, and results. It's called a a thought model. That's sort of how I look at my thoughts and become very aware of them before I change them. So I'm really understanding that it's, it's totally my thoughts about this neutral circumstance that are getting me the results that I have. Hi ladies and gents. This is Megan,
0: the co-founder of the modern day wife, a women's digital membership group in the U S and Canada. We're so excited to be bringing you the hottest event of the season in Arizona The event is called That's Lit and it's held at the Firehouse Event Center on Thursday, November 4th from 5 to 9.30 p.m. The event will feature some amazing influencer panelists, our business power panelists, many event activations, a fashion show, and so much more. You definitely do not want to miss this event. So make sure to grab your tickets. Visit us at The Modern Day Wife on Instagram and check out our link in bio to grab your tickets today. We'll see you there. So you're taking a situation that we would observe that, okay, maybe that wasn't a fun thing. Maybe I didn't get chosen for the role, the job, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that that's really a neutral thing because it really isn't a reflection of you. It may just be the reflection of the situation uh, on that you may or may not have been the right fit. Maybe you didn't even really want it, whatever it was. Uh, But... We have a tendency because we're weird little creatures that we take that and we go down the rabbit hole of negativity and then we find ourselves on the couch eating raw cookie dough and think that we suck. (laughs) But you're saying that you don't have to you don't have to take that path. You can look at it as neutral, choose different feelings, which then have different results and different actions and doesn't have to define you or put you in this negative tailspin.
1: Right. That's why, you know, coming back to that thought, if we believe that we're good enough, and I want to be clear to any musicians listening or anyone, like, just because you didn't get something doesn't mean you're not good enough to do it. And I think that's something we we don't realize (laughs) until, I don't know, I didn't realize it or put it into words until later. But
0: I think that that is something that is so powerful that that bears repeating. So would you mind repeating that one more time?
1: Yeah. And yeah, so just because you don't get the thing you wanted or you don't get the job or you don't win, it doesn't mean that you're not good enough. That was something that was a really big one for me because then that led me to be able to believe that I was good enough, even if I didn't win. That's
0: a big big deal huge deal right now especially since we've all had a remarkable year (laughs) let's just put it that way it's been a remarkable year and anybody that's been in the thick of this can think that maybe it's you maybe it's you know maybe you're not good enough or whatever the case may be but it's truly not been about us it's been about circumstances we didn't cause you're saying that we have the opportunity and the obligation to choose a more positive thought. And then that will lead our that will that will lead our footsteps into more positive actions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important. So much of the time we think a circumstance is causing our feelings. Right. And that's not to say that we don't experience negative Feelings, you know, negative emotion is part of being a human. So I'm not saying that positivity is 100% of the time because sometimes we want to feel sad or sometimes we want to feel upset. And just, but being able to observe the thoughts that got us there and be aware of them to make sort of whatever we want to of the situation, I think it's just really powerful in a lot of ways. And it makes it so that we don't necessarily. We're not just victims to whatever is happening. We we have agency and we have power to, to shift our feelings, to shift our actions and then our results.
0: So from this teaching and the discovery that you've had that was so profound on yourself, you decided to share it with your students. You created a business out of a circumstance mm-hmm. <laughs> and you took a, a neutral situation, which was Everybody locked down for COVID. You couldn't see your students in person, and but mm-hmm. th- let me share this thought process, this positive teaching, with my musical students, and it has changed their entire mindset. And you did it without even
1: physically seeing them. I think that's one thing about, I also, yeah, I might also be a hopeless optimist, but um, (laughs) that's one thing I really think is so important about just this whole time is we can still relate to people, you, you know, even if it is just through Zoom and There will be, of course, opportunities in the future eventually to get back to really digging into flute sounds and actually being able to hear them in person. But why not expand that a little bit in terms of what they can work on right now, which is their mindset. And the same for anyone who's not able to audition for things because no auditions are happening. It's like, well, what if we used six months? To build the belief that you're good enough. I think that's a pretty powerful opportunity that we have and really just being able to use this time in a way that's going to make everything even better and more enhanced when we can be in person again.
0: Chelsea, we could talk for hours about changing your mindset and power of a positive mindset and what it can have for your own life, but also how it affects other people around you. Mm-hmm. And I just want to applaud you for embracing not only the this teaching a positive mindset, but using a circumstance of not being able to see people in person and taking that and using that to your advantage for yourself and for your students. And I want to applaud you for that. And it, if there was any uh, individuals out there that would Like to connect with you about um, being um, instructed on positive mindset, how would they connect with you?
1: My website is chelseytanner.com and you can fill out a contact form there. I'm also at Chelsea Tanner Flute on Instagram. Feel free to DM me or talk with me. But I I love this work so much. And I would be so happy to work with anyone who's interested because I think it's, it's the most powerful thing that I've found in my life. Chelsea,
0: you are amazing and remarkable and an incredible talent. I encourage everyone to go back and listen to musical publication because she had an entire session all by herself. She was part two of our thank you for the holiday week. So please go and listen to her music. I think that you will really, really enjoy it. Thank you for being on my show here today and helping me start changing the world one interview at a time. Thank you so much for being here. I have enjoyed every minute of it. So thank you for, not only your education, but also your musical talents with us as well.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you. And thank you to all of you. I so appreciate your time and I appreciate your continued support and your community. And we will see you again next time. That's our show. I want to send a special thank you out to our guests, for being so generous with their experiences and their stories, as well as our sponsors so they can allow us to continue to tell these stories. I also want to say a special, special thank you to all of you, this community that we have been building one person at a time so we can endeavor to change the world one interview at a time. I could not do any of this without your support. And for that, I am forever grateful. I look forward to doing this again, so we'll see you all next week. I am so grateful for each and every one of you and your unwavering support and your continued belief in this movement that has become much bigger than me, much bigger than just a podcast. It has become this forward momentum that we are all doing together. If you are ready or you know somebody that is, that is ready to tell your story and share your value with the world, please connect with me you can reach me at audra at women I am so honored and thankful that you will share your story with me and I'll make sure that it is well taken care of. I will never stop thanking each and every one of you. And I cannot wait to talk to you again next week as we share another woman's story and we celebrate her doing extraordinary things in plain sight. We'll see you next time.